Welcome and thank you for downloading the Trinity Now podcast, recorded live from Trinity Church of Wesley Chapel. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. Now, filling in for Pastor Dave, let's join Pastor Justin. Good morning again. Good morning again. Um, we've seen a lot of each other this morning. Uh, I pray that you'll, uh, you'll forgive me for that. Um, if you would, turn in your Bibles, please, to uh, Galatians chapter 5. Galatians chapter 5. We'll be reading verses 13 through 15. If you all would stand for the reading of God's Word this morning. For you were called to freedom, brethren, only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for its relevancy to our lives today. God, we pray that it would speak to us, that your spirit would be here to intercede on our behalf so that we may understand what your scripture is trying to communicate to us. Bless this time that we have together in your name. Amen. And you may be seated. And uh, for those of you who are uh, unaware of how this happened, Um, Pastor Dave gave me a text message on Friday morning, and he said, uh, do you have a sermon in your back pockets? I said, uh, I can. Is everything okay? And then uh, he didn't text back, he called back, and he let me know that uh, he was suffering uh, from some pain, of course, with shingles, and and he said, "Uh, I need you to have a sermon ready for Sunday morning. And I said, okay. I can do that. Well, Friday morning, I, I, had, uh, I was like, okay, i got to start thinking about this. But you go along about your day. I did some work on Friday. I went to make a visit uh, to a dear friend who's in the hospital. Uh, I did that. I came home. Friday was Valentine's Day, of course. So I started making dinner. I started putting a gift together. Amanda and I had a wonderful evening. Uh, you know, we went to sleep. We got up. Yesterday morning was the men's breakfast. Wonderful seeing so many of you there. It was a wonderful time. Uh, the mushrooms are fantastic. Um, men, seriously, be there for the mushrooms. Uh, we then immediately had our picture taken for our directory. Our directory picture taken. That was very nice. Uh, this is a very natural pose. Uh, <laughs> seriously, that's how it was. You're going to get the directory, and you're not going to believe me, and you're going to turn, and I'll be like, hey. (laughs) So we had that. uh, We went home. It was such a beautiful day. It wasn't yesterday, just a gorgeous day. Yesterday was a gorgeous day. And so uh, we went home, and uh, we had a little bit of lunch, and then I said, it's such a beautiful day. I'm going to go out and do some yard work. So I went out, and I I cleaned my gutters. All right? I actually broke a pool broom by cleaning my gutters. That's a long story. I'll tell you later. Cleaned out the gutters, did some more yard work. Uh, we have this pesky thing. We have a shed, and uh, a shed is all the way back up against a fence. But somehow, when the previous owners had installed this shed, they forgot to put screws in the very bottom of the sheeting into the wood, and there was a hole like that big 
in the bottom of the back of the shed. And guess what was getting inside? Well, those are all good guesses. I don't know. Everything. Um, don't tell Amanda. That'll scare her. No. Wow. I was just saying air. Okay. Um, so, so this, this, it was anchored down. It's on these bricks. Uh, my, my dad and I were a little bit stubborn. We said, we can do this. And so we spent a few hours uh, hitching it up to my truck and uh, dragging it forward inch by inch. We got back there. We fixed it. All of a sudden, it was dark. It was time to make dinner. We made dinner. We sat down to watch TV. I looked at the clock. It was 1030. I hadn't written a sermon yet. <laughs> I told Amanda, I said, man, sweetheart, I need to write a sermon. Um, so this is what I did. I went in, I, I took a shower. It helps me think when I'm clean, okay? <laughs> I took a shower, I sat down to write a sermon, and where's Andy? Andy, we talked, the last time I preached, you, you, uh, you asked me afterward, you said, how long does it take you to put together a sermon? And I told Andy, here's what I basically do to put together a sermon. I usually know several weeks in advance that it's coming, okay? And I'm praying about it. Praying, God, what would you have me to, to share with the, uh, the congregation? What, do you want, what is your message that you want to speak? And so I pray about it. I pray about it a lot. I jot down ideas. You know, if, if I read a verse in my own uh, daily study that jumps out to me as something that's really profound, I'll write that down. I'll start going through it. And then the actual physical process of writing the sermon will take anywhere, usually around five hours, I think is what I told you. Actually, to write it all down and then to, to put in the, re- the back research and then to do all this stuff, it's a long process. And I started this process at 10.30 last night. And, uh, and so I guess that's mostly a disclaimer for what you're about <laughs> to hear this morning. But what I really want to tell you is this, uh, what I want to share with you today is, is incredibly important. It's vitally important. It's something that, that God was very kind to me. He allowed me to get all this done in about an hour and a half. And I was so excited about it, I couldn't stop writing Something I want to share with you today, and it's in Galatians chapter 5. Now, a little background about Galatians. Um, For those of you who are unaware, Galatia is a place. It's an area. It's a region. Uh, It was controlled by the Roman Empire. I've talked a lot today. I need a drink. It's controlled by the Roman Empire, as was most of the world at this time. Uh, And it was visited by Paul. The book of Galatians is a letter written to the churches in Galatia by Paul. Paul had visited uh, Galatia and helped to establish the early churches there on his first missionary journey, and he took that one with Barnabas. Okay, so Paul and Barnabas traveled to Galatia around 47-48 AD. Um, for those of you out there, AD means in the year of our Lord. All right, doesn't mean after death. People get confused with that. It means in the year of our Lord. Uh, roughly 15, 14, 15 years after Jesus uh, was crucified. Okay? So he travels to Galatia, he and Barnabas, and they establish this church, uh, which actually grows into multiple churches in Galatia. He then goes back and visits uh, the churches in Galatia, uh, this time with Silas, about three years later. Okay? Roughly three years later, he goes back and he visits these churches. For a second time, he would then go back again later on. All this is recorded in the book of Acts, starts about chapter 15, okay? 
Some of you will remember Pastor Dave talking about this when he preached through Acts last year. And so he's been there twice. He's going to go there again. The churches in Galatia are very important churches. They're some of the fastest growing churches in the old times, in in the beginning of Christianity. But the problem that's going on, the church of Galatia, is a problem, while not unique to them, it is unique in the scripture that we see. And the problem that's going on in the church of Galatia is that they are having newcomers come into the church, uh, which a commentary I read described as Jewish Christians. So here's what you need to understand at this point. Christianity is literally brand new. It's literally brand new. Its tradition is non-existent. It develops most of its tradition from the Jewish tradition because Jesus himself was a Jew. And so, while the Christian religion or the Christian establishment of the history is being established, a lot of the background goes back to Jewish culture, Jewish tradition. And so, what was happening here is you were having people who were believing in Jesus, but maintaining their Jewish rituals and customs and traditions. And that's fine. Okay, we have some friends next door who do this. That's fine, but they took it a step too far. And here's what happened. What they started doing is the Jewish Christians who came in started telling the Gentile Christians that they had to be circumcised. You must be circumcised, they said. Otherwise, you're not a genuine Christian. They also said, you must also follow the Mosaic law to the T or you're not saved or your faith in Jesus is not True. So what happened here, and this is what I want to pull your attention to, what happened here is this church that was established, it was a Gentile church that was established, meaning non-Jewish church. These Jewish Christians came in, they accepted Christ, they were excited about it. But what they did is they, they brought in to Christianity their Jewish rules. Their Jewish, not just customs and traditions, but rules, the Mosaic Law. And so Paul had been speaking... For, for a long time about how we were set free from the law. We were set free from the law. When we come into Christ, Christ fulfills the law. We are not bound by the same law. We have freedom in Christ. And this church was preaching basically the opposite. The leaders of the church were trying to discredit Paul. They're trying to call Paul a lunatic. They're trying to say he has no authority. He doesn't speak for Christ. So you see what's going on here at this church in Galatia, they had a rules problem. A rules problem. We tell our kids that rules are good, and you know what? Rules are good. They're fantastic. Unnecessary rules are not good. Unnecessary rules restrict our freedom, and we have freedom in Christ. So that's what's going on here in Galatia. You have these new Christians coming in, these newcomers, who are taking their old religious beliefs and morphing them into this church to create something that is not what Paul was preaching and is not the gospel. All right? The letter in the church, to the church in Galatia is a direct response to the claims by the newcomers of this church. Now, here's a sidebar. I picked out three verses in Galatians 5 to preach on today. You need to read all the verses in Galatians 5. Due to time constraints, I'm, I'm talking about three today. Read Galatians 5. It is powerful, powerful stuff about how Christ has set us free and how we can honor him by what we do in that freedom. So I encourage you to read the rest of Galatians 5. But let's go back uh, to Galatians 5.13. 
one more time. And let's read Galatians 5.13. This is a packed verse. Galatians 5.13. For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. There's three distinct thoughts in that one verse. Three very distinct thoughts. And if you were an intrepid preacher, you could probably get a whole sermon out of uh, one-third of this verse. It's very packed with information. First part of that verse, for you were called to freedom. You were called to freedom. This is a line that is directed specifically at those newcomers, those Jewish Christians who have, who have come into the church and have started saying we must completely follow the law, we must, uh, all the dietary laws, all the restrictions. This is directly to them. It says you were set free. You've been set to freedom, okay? What is freedom? Great question. How many of us in here, or how many of you in here, uh, have served in our military? Raise your hand. Served in the military. Thank you. Thank you all very much. Uh, God bless you for that. You understand very, uh, very directly what freedom is. You understand because you had to fight for it. You had to use your skills, you had to use your life sometimes to fight for freedom. We know, we understand kind of what national freedom is. As Americans, we are free. We have a lot of rights that that other countries don't have. We have a lot of abilities that other countries don't have because we have fought for those things. And freedom is important in a national sense. But freedom is even more important in a spiritual sense. Freedom is incredibly important. And what Paul tells us is, you were set free when Christ came. When Christ came and gave his life for you, You have been set free if you believe in him. If you accept Christ as your Savior, guess what? That's freedom. That's freedom. And you've been given it. What are you free from? You're free from the law. You don't have to sacrifice the animals to make up for uh, what you did wrong before. You don't have to... um, Follow When you follow everything, when you do the right thing, these things that are set out for you, you don't have to make amends for them. Christ came to make amends for all of it. That's freedom. That's freedom. So we have been called to freedom. And Paul puts this line in here just so people know who he's talking to and what he's talking about. And Paul's argument is that Christ's salvation brings freedom uh, and not slavery. You're not a slave to the system anymore. You've been set free by Christ. So for you were called to freedom, but it goes on. The next idea is freedom can be damaging. It says only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh. Uh, The Greek word for flesh that's used here is sarks. Everyone say sarks. Okay, that was like ten people that said sarks. (laughs) It's a fun word to say. It's S-A-R-X. Sarks. Right? And this word for freedom, or this word for, pardon me, for flesh, does not mean your skin. Okay? It doesn't mean your hair. It doesn't mean your body. It means your sinful nature. Okay? So we're not talking about, you know, your actual physical body here. We're talking about your sinful nature. It says, don't turn this freedom into an opportunity to sin. Don't use the freedom that God has given you as an opportunity to sin. Now, 
Check this out. The Mosaic Law is full of a lot of good ideas. A lot of good ideas. If you don't believe me, go back and read it. There's a lot of stuff in there that's going to help you live a better life. There's a lot of stuff. But there's some stuff that doesn't apply to us anymore. Did you know that? Did everyone hear the, you remember the one about the, the fabric woven of two cloths? You know, that if you wear that, that's a sin. Do you guys, that's in Leviticus, okay? You want to have fun with your neighbor, check their tag, okay? Check their tag and say, you got to get that off, get out of here. Right, there's different, there's different restrictions now. Remember in the Mosaic Law, pork was dirty, it was forbidden. You weren't allowed to eat pork. How many of us love bacon? But what you need to understand about this law is this law was good knowledge. It was good information for the people living in that time. If you don't cook pork properly, you're going to get sick. And you may die. And God didn't want us to get sick and die. So he put in his law, don't eat this. Don't get sick and die. Do you understand? These laws served a purpose. When Christ came, he fulfilled the law. Now, did Christ come, fulfill the law, and say, now do whatever you want, go crazy? No, he reaffirmed the laws that we need to remain and and follow, did he not? He reaffirmed them. So don't, what Paul is saying here is, listen, just because you're free to do it doesn't mean it's a good idea. I remember I turned, uh, turned 18, 18. Over 10 years ago. (laughs) Crazy. I turned 18. And when you turn 18, when you have these birthdays, you're supposed to celebrate by going and doing certain things, right? Right? You turn 21. Go have your first drink, you know. Or go have your first legal drink, all right? Um, (laughs) Listen to who laughed there. I think we learned a lot about some people. You know, um, you, you turn 18, we got to go buy cigarettes and lottery tickets. Go do it, right? Doesn't mean it's a good idea. Just because you can do it doesn't mean it's a good idea. You know, I, I, I had a friend, I can't believe I'm going to tell this story. Uh, Mike, I apologize. I had a friend, his, his dad had a big... Um, basically barn. It was a shed, but it was two levels. It was all made out of wood. And I had a friend, I'm going to blame everything on him, who, was, uh, who liked fire and liked to see how big we could get flames. And so we took a couple, <laughs> uh, took some matches and we had a little setup with some wrenches, you know, we closed them down and we Set them up, and we stood back. We lit the match, and we stood back with various chemicals. And we would spray them at them and shoot the flame in this wooden shed. WD-40 works great. Aerosol cans aren't as good as you think they would be. Um, And one time, we literally shot this flame all the way to this bookcase that was right next to the wall. And the books caught on fire next to the wall. And we ran over there and just slapping it, trying to knock it out. We were idiots. We could have burned down that whole building with us inside. Just because we could do it didn't make it a good idea. 
Listen, you are free. You have freedom in Christ. He's provided you salvation. He's going to provide you forgiveness. Just because you have that, going out and sinning isn't a good idea. It's harmful to you. Sin isn't um, uh, made, uh, sin isn't this thing that's made up by God to keep you from having fun. It's this thing that is made up by God to keep you safe, to live a good life, to be the person that he has called you to be, to be successful, to be free. Sin enslaves us. You don't believe me? Think about somebody that you know, and I know everyone knows this. Think about somebody you know who doesn't just have one or two drinks on the weekend, but goes out and gets absolutely hammered. You know, that guy's funny in college or high school, and then he's 30, 40, 50 years old, and he's waking up and he's starting at 9 a.m. And he can't stop, but it's destroyed his liver. Right? It's going to kill him early. And it's all fun and games, except it's bad for him and he's going to die from it. Just because he was free to do it didn't make it a good idea. Think about this, gentlemen. There's a lot of easy ways to see a lot of beautiful women nowadays in various states of dress. You can get on the internet and see whatever you want to see in two minutes. And then you think, hey, this is fun. I don't tell anybody about it. It's not a big deal. But what about the guy? It ruins his marriage because he can't look at his wife without thinking of these disturbing images. And all of a sudden, his marriage is crumbling. Yeah, you were free to do it, but it didn't make it a good idea. Do you hear me? What about when you lie to your husband and say, well, no, I, no, I, I didn't do anything today, but you really went out and shopping and you, and you spent $500 you don't have, right? And, and you're going to do it again tomorrow, but you're just going to put on a credit card and no one's going to ever know. And then those bills come and now you have to file for bankruptcy and your marriage is over. And yeah, you're free to do it, but it doesn't make it a good idea. Listen, sin is slavery. Sin is not fun, it leads to slavery. So if you think being shackled and not being able to be the kind of person God wants you to be is freedom, you've got it 180 degrees incorrect. Do not use your freedom to put yourself back into chains. Freedom can be damaging. But freedom can also be freeing. It could set others free. Check this out. The end of that verse says, but through love serve one another. But through love serve one another. If you are a believer in Christ, if you accepted his gift of salvation, you are free. And you can use that freedom to set others free. What a wonderful use of freedom to set others free to talk to that person who's struggling with alcohol, to share Jesus Christ with them, to say this is something you can choose to do, but you don't have to be a slave to it. Let Christ be your sacrifice and be set free. You can talk to that person who's struggling with those images and say, I know that you think this is all you have now, but it's not. Christ can set you free. Talk to that person who's struggling with debt, with finances, and say, listen, I know you're in a hole. I know you think this is everything in your world right now, but Christ can set you free. You can use your freedom to set others free. What a wonderful use of freedom. What, what a wonderful, wonderful use of that freedom. Check it out. Verse 14 reaffirms this. It says, For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in the statement, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. 
You shall love your neighbor as you. We've heard that before, right? Who said that? Jesus, right? Jesus is always the first answer. Remember when Jesus is asked by the Pharisees, he says, what, are the, what is the you know, top law? What is the one that you have to do? And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. He doesn't stop there, right? Because Jesus is awesome. He doesn't stop with just the answer. He said, the second is like it. You must love your neighbor as yourself. But Jesus wasn't just saying something great. He was quoting. He was quoting his father. Leviticus 19.18. Yeah, we're going to Leviticus. Not a, not a book you see preached a lot. Leviticus 19.18. You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the sons of your people, but you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord. God said it. God the Father said it before we ever get to the New Testament. It's not a new idea to love your neighbor as yourself. And so in verse 14, Paul is quoting Jesus who's quoting God. Kind of cool. Now in verse 15 we see the results if we fail to use our freedom. Or if we use our freedom for ourselves is a better way to put it. It says, but if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Using the freedom that God has given you and abusing that for yourself is going to lead to destruction. And guess what? You're not going down alone, taking somebody with you. It might be somebody you love. Might be somebody you care about. Might be somebody who was in it with you. Might be somebody who was completely innocent of the whole thing. But you don't go down alone. You take somebody with you. And so here today, we have two groups of people. Two distinct camps of people. There are those here this morning who know what freedom in Christ is. You've accepted Christ as your Savior. He set you free. And it's your responsibility to live in that freedom. There's another group here entirely who has never been set free. Doesn't know what I'm talking about. Here's this idea of sin and says, yeah, I do that all the time. It's my life. I haven't been set free from that yet. Well, for you, there's a different end message here today. And that message is you can be set free right now. It's not a long process. You don't have to turn in an application It's easier to join the kingdom of God than it is to join Trinity Church. And that's not hard either. It's simple. Listen, if you have not put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the first thing you need to know is that you need to. You need to. These aren't going to be on the screen. These are all going to be from my my heart. Romans 3.23 tells us, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We're all messed up. There's nobody that's perfect. Not even my beautiful wife. There's nobody that's perfect. We've all messed up. And there's a, there's a consequence for that. We tell our kids all the time, there's consequences for actions. There's consequences for our actions. Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death. The cost of sin is literally death. So let's put two and two together. You've sinned. There's a cost to that sin. And it's death. It's going to happen. But, continuing in verse 623, the the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There's a way out. Some of you today don't feel like there's a way out. I know. 
Sometimes it feels, if you, if you don't have that relationship with Christ, it feels like, you know, I'm on a spiral. It's not getting any better. It's just staying the same. And it's going to stay that way until you find freedom in Christ. John 3.16, the most famous verse in the Bible, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That's the hope. If you don't have hope, there it is, right there, John 3.16. God literally found a way to bring you freedom. He literally found a way to bring it to you. And here is the action step. We talk about this in business a lot, right? We have these big ideas, you know, in our committees, we talk about these big ideas. What do we actually do? What's the action step? Well, here it is. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. It's not hard. It's not hard. And I'm glad it's not hard because if it was hard, we couldn't figure it out. Verse 10, for with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. This is basic. It's simple. If you have not been set free, you need it. You need the freedom in Christ. And here's all you have to do to get it. You ready? You have to ask for it. You have to truly believe that he can give it to you, and then you have to ask for it. We tell the kids, admit, believe, confess. You've got to say, I need it. You've got to believe he can give it, and you've got to ask for it. It's that simple. And if that's in you in here today, I just pray, I pray so hard that you would just humble yourself and ask for that help. It's the most wonderful gift you can receive. It's absolutely the most wonderful gift you can receive. Afterwards today, I know you're going to tell me that I didn't want to tell me that I did a great job and stand out there and greet me. I'm not going back there. I'm not. Because I believe there's somebody in here who needs to come and talk about what we just talked about. And so I'm going to be down here. If you need to come and say, walk me through this, help me do this, I want to accept Christ as my Savior. I'm going to be down here. I would ask that a couple of our leaders would hang out down here too. Just be ready if somebody comes. After the service today, just come down forward, talk to us. We want to tell you about Jesus. We want to tell you about how you can be free. And so there's that camp, the one that needs freedom. There's the second camp, the one that has freedom. The one that needs to know how to use it. You have two options, freedom camp. Two very different options. You can be selfish and use your freedom for yourself. To glorify yourself, not to glorify God. Will you end up in heaven? Yeah. Will you glorify God here on earth? Not a chance. Not a chance. It's not the way to live. Just because you can doesn't mean it's a good idea. Or, you can start using the freedom that Christ has given you to help set others free. You can use the gifts, the talents, the freedom, the energy that God has put into your life to set them free. We have this campaign going on, 7,700, And here's what I need you to know about this campaign. It's not random numbers, okay? It's not just, well, we need some goals, let's put it up there, and if we get there, it'll help. 
This is the call of freedom right here. If we use our freedom to serve for 7,000 hours this year, we're going to be help setting people free. If we use our freedom to invite and bring in 700 people into this church this year, we're going to be using our freedom to set them free. If we use our freedom to share the gospel and and have 70 new members, 70 souls saved for Christ this year, we're going to be using our freedom to set them free. This is not a campaign. This is how we need to live our lives. I'm getting excited. I hope you are too. Listen, there's a mother out there. There's a mother out there in this community that is having a hard time feeding her kids. She has no hope. She feels like she's all alone. If you go and serve her food, if you go and help her kids with their homework, if you go and serve her, you are using your freedom to set her free. You have a neighbor. You have a neighbor you've lived next to for years and years who has no idea who Jesus Christ is. Maybe he went to church or she went to church once. Has no relationship with Christ. They're going to live eternity separated from him unless you use the freedom that you have in Christ to go over there and say, you're coming with me this Sunday. Use your freedom to set them free. There are people in your own family, people in my own family, who have no concept of a relationship with Christ. And it pains me so much that I'm not going to spend eternity with them. But if I use the freedom that I have, and instead of indulging my desires, instead of sitting on the couch and being lazy, instead of going out and, and giving pleasure to myself through whatever means of activities I have, if I instead... Use my freedom to reach out to them, to say, I love you, that I need you here, that you need to be a part of this. I can use my freedom to set them free. This is not about you. I love you so much, but somewhere along the line, we bought the lie that church was about us. It's not. Love God, love others. Bam, bam. On these rest the whole law and the prophets. We've got to use our freedom for others. We've got to use our freedom to serve God, to serve our community, to make a difference in the lives of people so that on the day when we're up in front of God and there's judgment seat right there and it's all going on, you can look to your left and you can look to your right and say, there's that mother that we helped serve her food. There's that neighbor that I brought to church. There is my niece who swore she would never know who Jesus was because she didn't care. And here she is because I used my freedom to help set them free. This is exciting. This is, you've got to have passion. I, I, I don't, if we're just doing this to get numbers, quit now. I, I don't care about numbers. I don't, I don't. If we embrace the idea that we can help set other people free by what we do through service, by inviting them into God's house, by sharing the gospel with them. If we can get excited about that idea, whatever numbers will come, but God will bless this church. We'll be blessed beyond belief. We won't won't ever worry about money. We won't ever worry about buildings. We won't ever worry about anything because God will bless this church if we do this. So let's do this.
Let's use our freedom to set others free. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you for this time that we've had here today. Lord, I thank you that you have allowed us to be in your house to study your word. God, I pray that this would be infectious. Lord, that we would stop living selfishly, that we would stop the things that are only glorifying us and start glorifying you so that we can see others come to know you because we used our freedom for them. Lord, I pray that those who are here today would go out of here excited. They would go out of here pumped up. They would move out and start serving others to help set them free. But Lord, I also want to remember those who need to be set free here today. Lord, who need that relationship with you. I pray for courage for them. Lord, we're going to sing one song and then we're going to be done. But I pray that they would have the courage to come down forward here, to speak with one of us, to learn how they can have this relationship with Christ. You're better to us than you ever needed to be, and we love you so much for that. In your precious name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Trinity Now podcast. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. We hope today's sermon has touched your heart, and we hope you will join us next week for another message from God's Word.